What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. To our Niche Finder community, I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder podcast. Today we have Deanna Redalescu. She's joining us all the way from the Chi-Town area. <laughs> and, and she's the host of Label Free Podcaster. She is also the head coach and founding partner of Female Podcaster Network. She's empowering women to be able to, to do their thing as I would imagine she's doing her thing. And so we appreciate people who are able, especially, especially women who are, have accomplished X amount in their career of success. And now they want to help somebody else succeed. So without further ado, let me introduce the Niche Finder podcast to Deanna Redalescu. Welcome to the program. Well, Cliff, you did it. You said it right. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. You know, it's always good to have a fellow podcaster on because, like I said before, it's almost like throwing an alley oop uh, to somebody yeah. in basketball and just throw it up there and, and uh, they just catch it and do their thing. So, that's right. Um, you know what? I, you know, just to start us right out, why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? That is a great question. Well, let's see. I have been from to the bottom, to the top, to the bottom, and then now back again. So I've had many different careers. I can speak to a lot of different things from a place of success. And um, I mean, I've been in the manufacturing business and automotive. I have been a fashion designer uh, and I am now a podcaster, which I have made turned it into a success for myself as well. So mm. that's why they want to follow me and hear my story. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I can see your podcast is pretty popular. You know, when I look at it on places like like Podmatch, you've been doing this for what three years now, and yes, and the success seems to have uh, grown exponentially over time. Yes, yeah. You know, you got to put your time in. Um, I didn't even know what a podcast was three years ago, and mm. uh, when I wrapped up my uh, fashion design career, I was like, "What's next?" And I got a. I got a article on how to start a podcast for $100 and I was just like, 
All right, I guess this is my next thing. And I'm like, I don't know who I think I am, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try this because, you know, at that point I was, you know, I was tired. I, I had found my voice and I wanted to keep putting my voice out there. And I knew I had something to say. And, you know, I was tired of being labeled and getting labeled from other people and labeled myself. And that's where I came up with Label Free, to live your best life, live label free. And it has really, the message has really resonated with a lot of different people and Mm. mostly entrepreneurs, but it's people that maybe have gone through some kind of trauma that have overcome it and are living dynamically in their own terms. Just really, um, uh, I try to live my life label free every day. (laughs) Yeah, that's excellent. And I love the I love the definition of label free. That is something that, when I first heard it, I really wasn't sure what you meant by label free. But that but that that spin or that definition that you have for it, I think, gives it great value. So to get right into, now that we understand what the audience has as far as listening to you, yes, tell us about your niche. You know, I, I thought about this, and when I was reading you know, the questions that you provided me, I'm like, hmm, you know, I've had, you know, I think as we get older and we go through different phases in our life, our niche change changes, right? Mm -hmm. So before, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, bottom line, always been an entrepreneur. I was a fashion designer. I was, you know, I was a bodybuilder, personal trainer. I was a vice president of key accounts and business operations. You know, I was, you know, I have all these different experiences, but now, you know, based upon what I'm doing now in the last three years, I've invested all my resources and my time and my energy. My niche is podcasting and social media. Like that's mm. really what I'm doing. I mean, that's, you know, we can get into the female podcasters network, but I'm all about this space and I love the community and this is my niche. Excellent. So I love how you've gotten to where you are right now. But part of the thing with the Niche Finder podcast is having experts tell us about their journey. Sure. What roadblocks did you run into at the start of yours? So for this specifically, um, when I started it, it's, it was just a passion project. And I was like, I just really wanted to continue to um, build on the, the voice that was coming out of me. And... Um, I just kept it going. I, I just started, it started evolving as I continued to grow it. And over the course of the pandemic, I really invested a lot of my time. I was just recording uh, every single day, <laughs> day in and day out for like eight, eight guests a day. And, um, and from there, it just kept building and building. And I was looking at new opportunities. And my first sponsor I got was Manscaped and, um, and then now I've, I'm a partner with the Female Podcasters Network, where we, where we support specifically women and pod, women in podcasting and helping them, you know, grow their voice and grow their imprint. So in the beginning of the, my podcasting journey, I was just a passion project. You know, I had just wrapped my fashion career. I had just thrown this huge event against human trafficking because I'm a victim of mm. human trafficking and. You know, I was just like, I couldn't keep throwing money after, you know, bad really, because the fashion takes a lot of resources. And I was, I told myself only three collections and that's it. So I started the the podcast as a passion project because I was done with the labels. I was done being a widow. I was done being, um, you know, being a, 
a human trafficking victim. I was done being abused. I was done, you know, all these different things that have been negative on my life that has held me back from stepping into my voice. I was done with them. And so when I found this article to start a podcast, I was like, that's it. I'm going to do it. And I just, my first episode was like my introductory episode. It took me 10 times to get it right. And a bottle of red wine. (laughs) I was like, it took me a minute to really get that, like just to get that clear, like that was okay with me. And it's evolved from there. I mean, you know, we have different roadblocks in life, but if you are actually going to pursue something, you do your research and you find different resources and you continue to evolve with the space, you can find different things to get over the roadblocks. So uh, when the pandemic hit, that was when I really just kind of dove into it. I would just record Mm. every day, like five to eight guests a day. So I still have a huge backlog. And I really just kind of fine-tuned my message, my presentation, my brand. And I've grown it to something that, you know, I I didn't think it was going to ever become. And um, any roadblock that came in front of me, I've, I've gotten over them by doing research and uh, using the resources that are out there for podcasters like ourselves. Mm. Wow, there is so much that I hear that you you went through and you were able to overcome. And, and, and first off, uh, you know, I applaud the strength that it takes to be able to, to face many of the giants that you, that you already faced. And also to not only find your voice, which will give you coverage for yourself, but find a voice that's able to help others to find the coverage in the moment that you may have already overcome. They may, they may find themselves in the middle of it right now. And so, um, I applaud your efforts and I, and I commend you with, with the work that you're doing. Um, label free is just taking a whole nother, a whole nother, uh, it's being seen in a whole nother light for me right now. <laughs> Good. There you go. That's, there you, you're getting you know, that. Label free can be in a lot of things, but there's so yes. much depth to what yes. you've gone through. I mean, roadblocks is, and you you had mountains that you were up against. It wasn't even like a roadblock. It wasn't a detour. It was it was some major things that you were up against. And now you're finding the strength um, to help others do it. So I, I applaud your efforts with that. Thank you. What external struggles did you find yourself up against, though, at the start of this journey of podcasting? Mm, what external struggles? I think the resources to make it happen you know i mean Mm. luckily i have some relation relationships with people that i worked with 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 my fashion career that um, stuck with me and are still with me today that are invested in seeing seeing it be successful so luckily i was able to do that but i think you know getting your word out getting your brand out there is always like a roadblock if you don't have enough resources right and Mm. so there are times when i would get discouraged like thinking i'm not get it's not going anywhere i'm investing all this time i'm putting all this energy into it i'm making all these connections and where is it going you know and like you know i've definitely thought at certain points like oh i just i'm gonna have to stop this you know i'm gonna have Mm. to quit because i can't continue to throw resources at it and when I started thinking like that, I mean, crazily enough, or ironically enough, something positive would happen that would renew my faith. So mm. it would, I think outside resource or outside uh, roadblocks would be resources. Mm. If I was to sum it up. 
Oh, I appreciate you sharing that. Let me ask you this. So you have someone who may be listening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, uh, let's just say that she's, she's an avatar of yours. It's, it's, it's it is a, um, a female entrepreneur or somebody striving to be a female entrepreneur, thinking about doing podcasts and thinking about going, coming out of a situation that you have already come out of. What do you tell them when they say to you, you know, I want to do this. Um, I would love to know what resources are out there. But but how do you how do you commoditize doing this, this podcasting thing? So many people have that question. What would you tell that person? So, you know, I think that monetization for the podcasting space is, looks different for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've been able to find different ways to monetize it for me. That works for me. I um, I have sponsors. I, because I've, I've have this podcast, I have gotten a, a partnership with the female podcasters network and I'm also the head coach. So that's something that I, you know, that just randomly I found Google searching for resources for podcasting and I found this network and the people that started it were looking for a partner. And so I submitted my interest in it and, um, they picked me. And so because of my prior business experience and what I've grown in the past, we are growing this now. We have a lot of plans to turn it into an actual network and hosting women and podcasting. And we're going to have our own, you know, channel on Roku, Apple, you know, all the, all the channels, all the things. And I also now, I mean, I know this is very controversial, but I do charge uh, appearance fees or marketing fees, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But I'm at a point now where I'm three years in and I just started this not even a year ago where I've put the time in. I have the audience, you know, I have the social media network. I have, you know, YouTube, I've, you know, is is huge. So I've built it up to a point where they want a certain level of marketing with their episode. I can offer that. And so it's not necessarily an appearance fee. It's more of like an upgraded marketing package that Mm -hmm. they can purchase if they want to hit all those different platforms that I have built up over many, many years. And so that has worked well for me. Not everybody takes it. Some people are like, oh, why do you charge? You know, and I'm like, well, if you don't want it, if you don't want it, that's fine, but you're not gonna get any promotion whatsoever. But when mm-hmm. it hits my promotion, my like my prom- promotional system, it's residual. They're always getting promoted. So it's a win-win for everyone. For me, it helps me offset some of the costs that I incur on the production side in the marketing side and it helps them because their name is always out there. Mm, love it. And um, that's, so when you talk about your niche, last question I'll have within is, did you have a mentor that helps you along the way? You know what? Um, I really love Alex San Filippo and his wife from Podmatch. I've watched a lot of his stuff. I've gone to a lot of his um, his quarterly events. I, I'm, he actually asked me to talk last last uh, quarter, but I wasn't able to pro- to do my speech soon enough so that I could be a part of that. But I've really followed people that are in this space making an impact that are really positive and about community. And, you know, I read all the time. I get so many emails that are around podcasting so that I'm getting the most up-to-date information on what's going out there in the industry, the amount of advertising dollars that are going into it, and just where where it's headed according to different experts and, you know, um, people that are considered experts, I guess you'd say. So I'm putting my time in. I'm doing my research. I mean, I'm not someone, I'm, I think I'm fairly intelligent. And, you know, I've 
started this on a whim, you know, for a passion project. And now I can, I'm very much invested in, I, I think I'm very well connected as well <laughs> at this mm. point. <laughs> so that, that those would be my mentors is people that are out there putting information out about how to get better in different, um, resources and, um, I guess data that are supporting where the podcasting space is going. Mm. So that's what I consider to be your journey. This segment right here, which is our second segment, is what I consider to be someone's niche. And there's five questions that we ask that I find are fundamental to finding your niche or those who have found their niche have answers to it. Okay. So the very first question that I would ask you is, what are your passions? What do you do that when you do it, you feel ignited? So I'm very much into health and fitness. So I work out every day, usually two times a day. I'm very much into taking care of myself internally as far as taking supplements and um, just eating well and you know cooking well and all that stuff and making and also making those connections with other human beings. That is also what really sets my soul on fire, having those really good conversations that are, are authentic and um, meaningful. Wow. It's kind of bleeds, that answer kind of bleeds into the next question. Oh, right? so okay. <laughs> what, is, what do you do that's purposeful? So you got purposeful. what your passion's on, but what do you do that when you do it, you feel like, man, I, I was made for this moment? When, so I'm going to just reflect defer back to being in the podcasting space is that when I end my conversations is that every guest is like, Oh my God, thank you. I had so much fun. And they've just had such a great experience talking with me and connecting with me. And just, you know, I think that takes a skill that it's also, I'm very authentic. What you see is what you get, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean like that, that's just it. And I, that, um, that fills my heart with joy. Hmm. What patterns do you have? What do you do naturally well? Patterns. I'm very disciplined and I'm very systematic. So pretty much I do the same thing every day. You know, Hmm. maybe sometimes I start a little bit later, but, you know, get up, check my email, gym, take care of the dogs, come home, take care of business, you know, as far as the the network and my podcast, gym with my fiance, dinner, watch a little TV, go to bed. (laughs) Hmm. Nice. Well, proficiencies, what have you learned to do well over time? You know, I'm very, very efficient. And so I've just naturally have good systems in place with how I go about my every day to get things done as quickly as possible. So, I mean, I was in operations in my previous life. I was vice president of key accounts and business operations. So um, I'm very well versed operationally to get things done very quickly and efficiently. Mm. Problem solvers. What do people come to you to solve in a unique way? You know what? I'm going to to talk about family and probably some friends. I think emotionally, because I'm so strong and I've been through so much, and I've come to a place of real of peace and gratitude and joy, that a lot of people come to me when they're having issues that are around, very emotional, and they don't know how to keep themselves stable. And so when even my mother, she'll come to me about something that in my mind, I'm like, why are you getting so upset? You know, like you got to look at this a little bit more strategically. You got to calm yourself down because, you know, 
being upset is not going to solve anything, you know? And so, um, a lot of people come to me when they have an emotional issue. Hmm. So I can tell that you have great systems in place because even the way you concisely answered those questions, it was like you always, you, it's like you were made for that moment. Like, it's like lights, camera. Action. I don't, I don't mess around, ready, man. Bro. All right. <laughs> I, uh, you know, this last section that I have is, is what I consider to be your secrets. Okay. Right. And, and I, and I, I, I kind of put a bow tie on this section by painting a picture of, you speaking to your younger self. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like before you considered yourself successful, but you were thinking about being in your future where you are now. Mm -hmm. Like what would you tell your younger self at that moment in time to help accelerate their journey for where they are at that moment to where you are today? Well, because of my past and what I've been through, you know, I would tell myself to have high self-worth. Mm. and value myself a little bit more and not um, discount, you know, who I was and uh, and make bad decisions. Mm. Mm. What's, the, what's the secret that is a must-have to getting started and staying committed? You know, I've always been one that will pull the trigger. Like if I have, if I have an idea, I'm going to go after it. I have a goal. I go after it. I wanted to do triathlons in my early twenties. I went after it. I did three of them. Then I was done. I wanted to become a bodybuilder. I did a ton of them. I always placed to compete nationally. And then I was done. Well, actually I wasn't done. COVID stopped me from doing my next round of competing. But you know, I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to be a fashion designer. I say, if you have something that you want to get started, you have to just do it. You know, don't procrastinate. You know, the hardest step is the first step. But once you get going, you got to keep going and staying committed. Well, I mean, that's just being having a mindset of being disciplined and, and sticking in there. You know, if something comes to a point where it's no longer worth your resources, that's one thing. But to not stay committed to follow through with something that you committed to do is another thing. And that's discipline and mindset. Mm. You know, Benjamin Franklin said, Empty the coins of your purse into your mind and your mind will fill your purse with coins. I heard you talk about research. What type of discipline should you have around investing in your mind in order to develop your brand? Always, like nonstop, nonstop. Whether, so for me, I love to, well, I wake up and I read all of my stuff for the podcasting, like the emails come in every day, different newsletters that I get for the, like the podcasting community that, but you know, as far as like keeping yourself motivated that fire burning within, you got to find something that is going to just like keep you aflame, right? So I love to listen to motivational videos, watch it on YouTube or like Joel Osteen, you know, I'm, I'm believe in God, you know, I like to pray. And so I need to fill my heart and my mind with things that are going to just keep me in that space and just continue to enrich me from a, a um, an educational place, but also a spiritual place. Cause I think it's mm. very important. Mm. It's interesting that you bring up Joel Osteen. I don't have a quote from him, but as I was just about to, um, you know, dovetail off of what you were saying as you were leading up to it, a quote by T.D. Jakes. And he says, and it ties into even what you were saying a little bit earlier. He says, it is the thing that opposes you in the weight room that causes muscles 
to be built. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Bodybuilding. I said, I said, this is going to be a perfect quote for her. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it really speaks to, to just staying tenacious, being disciplined, as you said, mm-hmm. and, and, and understanding that the, the opposition aren't, it isn't always something that is negative per se. No. But it could be something that's necessary in order to develop you and get you to the next level of what you where you need to be. Yeah. Um, and I can I hear that in your journey. Yeah, opposition and resistance. You know, it's all about um, developing resilience and mm. you know keeping that discipline when you are experiencing those time times of oh my gosh, can I do this? Oh my gosh, am I going to make it? This is just too hard. You know, those are just negative thoughts in your head that, you know, you can't even listen to those. If you keep your your focus, you know, laser laser focus on your goal, you know, you got to tell that little man to shut up, <laughs> you know, just ignore him, you know, and just keep focused on your goal. And, you know, when things get hard for me, even though it's tough, I know that something great is around the corner. It's a new level mm. of growth. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize that. And so now when things are kind of like really calm and great, I'm like, oh, this is good. But once, what's my next challenge to get me to the next level? Mm. I love that. What secrets do you have to to not losing energy as you're trying to stay disciplined, determined, and focused? Well, I've got a lot of energy, but um, like today, it's rainy outside. It's real nasty. So I got up and I started procrastinating, procrastinating, and I got a call after call after call. I want to hit the gym earlier than I did, but I was just like, you know, after my last like real call that I took, I was like, that's it. I got to go. So I got up and I just got out of the house and went. I mean, really, <laughs> you just have to decide to do it. I mean, I, a lot of people put too much thought into this, like, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm lazy. Really, you're deciding to be lazy. You know, anybody can be lazy. I can be lazy and I have tons of energy. You know, I mean, I can get like complacent and comfortable and like sit around on my couch and just mess around on my phone or my computer and not leave. But being in the gym is important to me, you know, and it's even harder as we get older. As we get older, we, you know, we we tend to start slowing down. So you have to be even more mindful and disciplined to stay in that place of like, just go, just do it. You know, I mean, there's really no other secret unless you're going to dose yourself up with a ton of caffeine, but that's not good for you. Right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I know when I, I actually had an an injury, I I tore a meniscus in in my right knee. And this is why I just, you know, I thank God for good health because when you, when you are, you don't have it, you realize how important, how precious it is. Um, And so I, when I tore my, tore you know, my meniscus, I had to get therapy. I had to get support. I had to get help to get back to where I needed to be. But what I found in that process of going through that journey is I had a heightened my awareness. Uh-huh. Hide my awareness about because I like to exercise too, body mechanics and yeah. what what I could do now, you know, in my forties that I have to do differently than what I used to do in my twenties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um I, I find that it it, it does is it's helpful to to know that um as you're doing what you're doing, um to do it with intentionality because yes. you're right, doing it by sheer feeling, doing it by, you know, as you said, you know, you may not have the same energy that you had, you know, 20 years ago. But if you're intentional, you may still be able to get to the same end result. But, you know, once you get started, that energy comes back. I mean, even just just as strong as when you're in your 20s. And so the last two questions that I have for you. First one is, 
what action items would you say are must have for our audience to take away in order to fulfill their their dreams action items mm, to fulfill their dreams <sighs> life is way too short I watched my late husband pass away in front of my eyes and it was a, a life-changing moment for me and I know that you know sometimes pursuing our dreams might not turn out to be what we thought it's gonna be but the the alternate would be laying on your deathbed and, and thinking what if so action items is just do it as Nike would say I mean it really is that simple do it responsibly but just do it because we are not promised tomorrow and um, like my mother tells me you have to live your legend and so I try to fill mm. every single day you know with something substantial where I'm leaving a positive mark on this world and it hasn't been easy for me. I've had a very rough life. <laughs> it has not been easy. So, you know, if I can do it and if I can be intentional and be determined and be focused and be disciplined, anyone else out there that has much better background than me should ha should be able to make that make their dreams happen even more so. Last question that I have for you. How do you know when it's time to change course? versus stay and focus on your goals. So I'm going to defer to being a fashion designer. So I love fashion. Uh, if this was video, I would be all decked out for you because I love to dress <laughs> I love to dress up. I love to do my makeup. I'm a tomboy at heart, but I'm total girly girl. I love fashion. I already always told my late husband that I was going to get into fashion design. Always going to get into fashion design. And he told me he when I, you know, he didn't make it, but he's like, "Well, I'll I'll be your you know, said he'd be my helper and I, he would support me. So prior to him passing, I started doing my research and I wanted to really find a, a company that would help me get that started. Right. After he passed, I had to wait for the dust to settle and I'm like, I'm going to do this. You know, if that was an example of going after your dreams, I don't know what was, you know, your, my whole life turned upside down. I almost lost everything. Like it was, it was um, not something that I wish on anyone, especially at my age. I'm like, I'm too young to be going through this. Um, I went after becoming a fashion designer. I made beautiful clothes. They cost me so much money. Sometimes I regret the amount of money I invested in it, and I should have done more research and um, knowing what the process looked like and knowing what my options were in terms of making it happen. But I don't regret... Yeah what I did. I was on the runway in um, Rhode Island. I was on the local news there. Mm. I was a finalist in the Cadillac Design Challenge here in Style Chicago. I was on the runway wow. there. I made a great name for myself and a great and I created a great brand. I mm. ended my 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 fashion career with a bang. And I um I told myself, "Okay, I'm I, in the beginning I'm going to do three collections. If I don't make it, then that's it." So I did three collections, and the last one I did was in um, an event that I threw against human trafficking, and I had six other designers here from Chicago. It was a huge event, beautiful, 300 people. I had tons of sponsors. It took me eight months to to organize that. I, I, the amount of people that I got involved was just surreal for me. Like I'm like got to pinch myself what I was able to do. But at that point, I knew I could not put any more money into the fashion design career. 
mm-hmm. and I had to just close it. And uh, it was bittersweet because I had done, I had invested so much money. I have all these patterns that are mine that that belong to me that I had designed myself and my creativity that I knew like I could no longer pursue that route because it just wasn't um, it financially just wasn't going to be smart of me to do. So mm-hmm. I had to just bring it to a close and I went out with a bang and now I'm in a completely different space that has really served me well and is probably more of my calling and my purpose than doing fashion. Mm. So was it the money? Was it or was it the goal that you set to say, I'm going to do three lines that caused you to say it's time to let it go? Both. So three lines, uh, if I didn't get off the ground, then I wasn't going to invest any more money in it. And so Mm. at that point, I had done a a successful Kickstarter. You know, I had raised over $5,000 to do my first production run. But at that point is when the company I had engaged with to help me with my my designs and the whole process, they completely changed the pricing on me and the amount it was going to cost. And so I kind of got screwed over a little bit. Excuse my, I hope that wasn't okay to say that, but I, that was not a great experience because then at that point I was forced to learn everything, the ins and the outs of the manufacturing process, like the patterns, everything. So it was good and bad, but like that kind of soured me a little bit and, you know, kind of put me back. But, you know, it was a great experience. Would I ever do it again? Probably if I, I would go about it in a little bit smarter way and really build up my, um, my target client. So I think that I was confused with that in the beginning, but, um, I don't regret it. It was a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I did, I, I made a dream come true. I was a fashion designer. I was, yes. on, the, I was on a runway in Rhode Island on the local news <laughs> here. You know I mean? It was awesome. <laughs> well, I love it. For those people who are listening, your message is resonating with them. How do they get in contact with you? Well, Label Free Podcast, you Google me, I'm everywhere. Um, you go to my website, go to social media, follow me, message me, whatever. I am very friendly and warm and welcoming and inclusive. So I am here if you want to talk. I love it. And I definitely appreciate you taking the time. It's been, it took a little while for us to make the connection because just the scheduling. But uh, I, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I can't wait to get the feedback from the audience um, and also for your audience uh, to, to hear you share a different aspect of what you have to offer going from being the host to now being the guest. Uh, thank you, Cliff. It was a blast. <laughs> and so it's always a, always a good perspective to have. And so for our niche product community, for those who are interested in finding out what we have to offer, we can always go to dreamoctane.org. That's dreamoctane.org. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. I want to thank uh, Deanna Redalescu for being part of our program again. And it was such a pleasure having you on. Any last words to share with our audience? Um, well, number one, I love Dream Octane. That's awesome. And I, 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 lo- <laughs> oh, I love, you. I checked out your book and I, I went to go thank buy you. it and then I got caught up in a call, but I'm going to, I'm going to purchase that. I want to say thank you for what you do. Thank you for asking such 
great questions to really um, inform the audience about your guests and bringing different things to light. And I'm all, there was a chance, there was a time, I, I was almost going to cry at the one. I was like, oh my gosh, wait a second, mm. hold up. So um, <laughs> thank you for um, having a platform where you can ask questions that are going to inform the audience on the journey that it takes to really get to making your dreams come true. Mm. Well, I appreciate that. That That is heartfelt. Um, I appreciate the encouragement because you know you know how it is. And you mentioned this earlier. Sometimes when you're doing it, you feel like, man, is anybody listening? Is it, yeah. is it, am I making a difference? Does it even matter is what I'm doing? But I, I appreciate that. So it means a lot coming from you. So to our niche partner community, again, we, great programs happen when you have great guests and they give great responses, just like what Deanna gave us today. And so we look forward to having the very next guest on our program who can help you on your journey towards success. Thanks for tuning in today. Thank you.